Michael Reed on LMFM. A lot of change ahead, hopefully, as outlined in uh, the paid-for government message in uh, the commercial break. Uh, Another change is uh, the criteria for testing for COVID-19. It was a case that you had to be in one of uh, the priority groups, a healthcare worker or somebody who's cocooning over 70 or with uh, an underlying illness and have two of three key symptoms, a fever, a cough or a shortness of breath. That change to being uh, one of the prior in one of the priority groups uh, to one of uh, the three key symptoms in other words you just had to have a fever or a cough or a shortness of breath but that then changed again yesterday what we know from the change in the clinical criteria in other words moving from a case definition that required a fever plus other symptoms uh, to one in which it simply requires one of three symptoms Uh, that that led to an increase in the number of people being referred for testing, but not a very significant one and not one that was beyond uh, the capacity of the HSE's testing system. Uh, And we think that the the change in prioritisation criteria uh, we think will happen uh, in a way that, again, won't challenge the capacity of the HSE testing system. And what's helped us to understand that is some really good work that's been done by an organisation called GP Buddy, which is a group of 200 or so GPs who are monitoring these things. So they did keep track of the numbers of people that they might have referred if the prioritisation criteria weren't there and that's helped us to understand what the impact of this might be and that's effectively what's being observed now uh, over the course of today and the remainder of this week. Okay, Dr. Alona Duffy, uh, Monaghan-based GP and Medical Director of NE Doc, is on uh, the line with us. And a very good morning to you, Dr. Duffy, and uh, thank you indeed uh, for joining us. Now, I suppose people would expect uh, that you might be overwhelmed if anybody with uh, a cough or a shortness of breath or a fever uh, could come to you looking for a, a test to be carried out on them. But The other side of that is we're coming into the summer, so you'll find fewer people with those symptoms under normal circumstances. Well, I think you're right. We're already seeing fewer people, and that's partly because of the isolation. People aren't meeting in groups, children aren't at school, so we're definitely seeing a fall in the normal viral illnesses that we would typically see at this time of the year. Um, I think the opening up of the testing criteria is is good because I think we need to get a better picture of how this disease is spreading and also how it's presenting, and that's what this is going to show. So, as, as you know, we've kind of really mm. come full circle. At the beginning, the testing was open and was similar to this, except you had to have two you had to have a temperature plus you had to have new onset respiratory symptoms whereas now as you rightly said it can be just one of these things and partly that's because we have the experience of now of knowing that people have tested positive who've had no temperature at any stage but it has they've all had new onset symptoms and I think that's the big thing we're sometimes getting calls from patients saying well I have a cough and when you question my lungs a cough well it's there a month it's there two months we're talking about somebody who develops new symptoms, either sinus symptoms, sore throat, uh, gastric symptoms, profuse diarrhea, vomiting. Um, they're kind of things as well, unless there's another reason for it that we're counting as someone who needs to be now tested for COVID. And again, as you rightly said, you no longer have to be one of the priority groups, meaning you don't have to be a healthcare worker mm. and you don't have to be somebody with an underlying illness. So if somebody developed a, a cough in the last couple of days, you'd be advising that they get tested for COVID-19. If that is the case, what should they do? Call their GP? 
Yeah, so it's still back to calling your GP and your GP will take a history from you over the phone or may even offer a video consult if they're kind of worried that it could be something else and not just simply a simple COVID uh, presentation. Um, we can then online do a referral for you and the process is so good that even this morning, Michael, I did a referral this morning um, for uh, for two patients, two members of the same family and within a half an hour they had the phone call offering them testing today. Like that's how good the testing part is running. So we know we'll get you tested fast there are still blips though in getting the test results mm. back and that is a concern for me we've had staff members here who we've waited a week to get a test result back and um, yet we've had other people that were able to get test results back in two to three days mm. so I think there is a dis- there's a discrepancy where you are in the country in Dublin I know that GPs are reporting they're having test results back within 24 hours so we need to you know while, uh, while we're being told that they're ready for an increase in testing we have to make sure that the testing is being done in a timely fashion and more importantly, that the results are coming back in a timely fashion. Right, and the main reason for that is to find out who you've been in contact with uh, if you have the disease. Absolutely, because I think once you get any symptoms and once you realise you've symptoms, you've either been isolating yourself or talking to your doctor who's been advising you to, with or without a test, you have to presume you have it and isolate for the two weeks. However, our big concern is that in the, 24, in the 48 to 72 hours, so meaning the two to three days before you develop symptoms, you will have had this virus in your system and you will have been spreading it. And the spreading is not simply just by coughing and sneezing talking. When you talk without realising it, we're creating a spray and that spray can can be contaminating people who are close to us, which is why we want you staying at a distance from everybody, but also maybe contaminating surfaces that other people will touch, which is again why we're talking about the good hand hygiene. Mm. You can't get the virus unless you put the virus into your body by means of what we call the mucosal surfaces, your mouth, your nose and your eyes. So this is this holding of cleaning your hands all the time. If you're out and about, do that with the gels that are provided in shops and places. If you're at home, it's repeated washing of your hands. You don't need to have gels at home once you're washing your hands. But our big concern is if we can't contact trace and be able to tell people who've been in contact with someone who is positive COVID and warn them that they now need to isolate in case they develop the symptoms um, they potentially can become Mm. those asymptomatic spreaders and we won't be able to kind of put an end to this. Okay, but if somebody calls you today let's say and says I seem to have developed a a bit of a cough in the last couple of days and you decide they need to be tested, will you be advising that they stay at home until they get their results? Absolutely, absolutely yep And even if they get a negative result, if they have symptoms that we really feel are COVID-like symptoms, because there are false negatives, meaning that you can get a test result back saying it's negative, but you actually may be positive because no test is 100% proof. Mm. And um, we'll still be advising you to do your two weeks isolation. Okay, that's a a long time for people to get. It is a long time. It is a a long time. Now, there are kind of your workplace can, if you have a negative test, can perhaps allow you back once it's deemed that you're not kind of meeting too many people and also that the providing health checks at home in your surgery similarly to in our own surgery here all our staff have their temperature checked twice a day and every morning they go through a symptom checker just asking have you cough have you aches and pains have you you know all the symptoms mm. so a lot of businesses are doing that who are open already and that's what's mm-hmm. happening in our nursing homes and in a lot of big air big units that are open and there's very good reason of course uh, i mean as we know 1375 covid-19 related deaths in this country as we speak and you have your own uh, experience of this uh, dr duffy uh, you contracted the virus Yes, I did. Um, it's four weeks ago now, and thankfully I'm well over it. But 
it was um, it was a very unpleasant experience. I mean, my symptoms came on very fast. I just acute onset of a headache and temperature, and that then developed a couple of days later into cough, shortness of breath, and dropping oxygen levels. So, um, for up to three weeks, I was still having shortness of breath on anything, climbing a stairs, rushing on the flat, anything. But um, luckily, I've improved and things have come back to normal. But I suppose this is the thing: I was someone who doesn't count as being old and doesn't have an underlying health condition, and still I could get it to that severity. So I think our big thing is what you're trying to do is you're not only protecting yourself, but you're protecting those around you. And that's why we've got to keep our distance. And my own feeling is that moving forward, as we open things up, I believe we should all be wearing masks out in public because we don't know, are we brewing this or not? Could we be one of these asymptomatic spreaders? And therefore, our way of protecting others around us is to wear a mask. Mm. Uh, Am I right in saying you're on your back with this? I was on my back mm. and um, I was out of work for three weeks. I've mm. never been out of work sick for that long. So. And uh, as a GP who had coronavirus, very concerned about your patients, obviously. Yeah, no, and that was the first thing when I was contacted by the contact tracers and the public health department to discuss, you know, what would have been the exposure within my practice, both to other staff and to patients. Um, I suppose because we knew kind of so much about this already, we were already nearly isolating within the practice, wearing a mask at all times in the practice. And every time somebody entered a room, they put on hand gel and every time they left it, they put on hand gel. So that was really to try and minimise spread within the practice. And with regards to me meeting patients, for every patient I'd met, we had kind of, we were mainly doing telephone consultations and video consultations. But yes, I had met a few patients in that potential period in the days beforehand when I would have been shedding virus. Thankfully, I was wearing full PPE for all of them, mask, um, face visor, uh, um, gloves and a gown. So that was to kind of protect them as well as myself. And public health felt that that meant that the patients were at no risk of mm. getting it from me. So, yeah. And you're somebody, obviously, who knows how to wash your hands and keep your distance and all of these yeah. things. So I suppose uh, to a large extent, uh, it highlights uh, just how transmittable this is. It does. I I think it's, you know, I would have thought that I had been really careful because obviously I got it from somewhere and I still don't know where I got it from. Um, Did I get it from a home visit to a nursing home despite PP? Did I get it from patients I saw? Did I get it from colleagues? Or did I simply get it when I was out shopping? And the relative is that we now will know a little bit more about the community spread and get a sense of that because the whole aim of the testing is to get a picture of how this virus moves and how it presents and therefore we can put barriers in its place and stop it spreading so we now need to we've done a huge amount of work and the department of health has done a lot of work with the community with the public health department on kind of looking at the nursing homes and the hospitals and getting that under control and that was vital to start with but now we've got to look at the community and see how is it still being transmitted in the community why are places like monaghan and cavan having such high numbers and is there something you know happening that needs to change and that's where the community tracing is going to offer us those solutions okay well you sound very well as you say you're well over and uh, glad to hear that and thank you indeed for joining us here on the program this morning dr alona duffy a gp who is based in monaghan and medical director of any doc hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.